Hello, fairy tale friends. Did you know that this podcast is sponsored by Podbean? Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. You can download the free podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, fairy tale friends. Welcome to another Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries mini-tale, where today we're talking about 2017's Beauty and the Beast, starring Emma Watson, Dan Stevens, Luke Evans, Josh Gad, Kevin Klein, blah, 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 blah. So many people in this movie. And um, this is take two for us, this, listeners. This is our second go-round on it. We, full disclosure, watched this about two days ago and did, um, to be honest, what I think is a episode befitting of how we felt about this movie <laughs> um which is to say a a wet thud of an episode um, so we thought we'd give it another we're go. gonna give another go try and and muster up a little more energy for a movie that i think we found to be pretty meh yeah uh i wish it was worse so it would be a more interesting episode <laughs> it's a okay movie but what i will say is we've seen it once in the theater we saw it mm-hmm. in the theater when it came out i want to say it came out at around thanksgiving or christmas because we went with your parents yes so it was a holiday and we wouldn't be caught dead hanging out with them any other time of the year <laughs> that's not true <laughs> uh but yeah we went we were there for a holiday and went to see it with them and yes. i feel like we all came away from it wanting to go watch the animated version. Do you remember my mother's reaction? Was that her reaction as well? Yeah, I don't think she loved it or like didn't yeah. care for it. I think it was like middle of the road. Uh, because my mom is typically just a purist in every you shouldn't remake anything you shouldn't I re, mean you know i don't disagree with her in some respects well, mary poppins example one that wasn't a remake that was a sequel well, but that, <laughs> what, what i've been i've been thinking is coming into this episode we've been pretty forgiving of a lot of the um, I don't. I think you're harsh with saying forgiving. We've genuinely enjoyed the experience of them. I don't. I don't think like we need to excuse them. I think we've we've enjoyed them. I don't know if objectively I would call all of them good movies, but I think we've been very like forgiving. Maybe worth it, but we've been very kind to some of them. Um, and, okay. and, and 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 accepting it. And you know, you and me typically like a lot of things. And I think I think it's. For every nineteen things we, every twenty things we watched, nineteen of them were like, "I like yeah. that." Um, 
because it's just so nice to be around you that it extends <laughs> onto the whatever we're watching. Well, and if you've listened to our animated episode for Beauty and the Beast, I had some conflicted feelings because I was so excited for it. It was just coming off of Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid gave me all these emotions that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't connect with Beauty and the Beast in the way I thought I would. So I personally want to go back and rewatch the animated version to just give that one another go because it was a weird viewing for me. But this one... We will, after when our Disney season is finally done, before we move on to something else, we'll have a a revisiting Beauty and the Beast, trying to break what I am now calling... maybe revisiting any other ones that we feel. I am now referring to this as the Beauty and the Beast curse because I feel like... (laughs) After it does feel that way, yeah. Um, so the curse of the rose, exactly. We've been, <laughs> we've been rude. W- we were rude to an enchanter, so she said, "You will be destined to not to have issues watching Beauty and the Beast from here on out." As each petal falls, uh, but let's go into what we enjoyed about it. Yeah. Now that you kind of have uh, a little bit of a background of where we're coming from with this one. I will say the opening I thought was super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always watch for the credits and they, uh, the castle opening is actually the Beauty and the Beast castle in the movie. Yes. So they which zoom is... right into, you go right into the story after you see the castle. And I think that's kind of cool that they did that. It's also extremely noticeable because that castle, and I talked about this when we watched it. I don't think I talked about it on, on take one. Um, but we, it, it's, it's got very interesting asymmetrical design. Yes. It's when the castle, because the, I feel like they've done the, like, this castle is a little different, but they tend to all kind of look like the Sleeping Beauty castle or the Disney Stark castle. And this one is... Everything seems, if I remember correctly, is off to the right. And yeah, very... and it's like sweeping almost yes. with some of the architecture. I'm sure there's a technical name for that. And but... it zooms way out like it would to say Walt Disney Pictures, and it keeps zooming, and you see a little rose around like a fence, and then it zooms back in. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into the scene of them like putting all this makeup on, who I believe there was, it's, uh, there was a thing... Where they were talking about this prince's name. Is it Prince Adam or is it just the Beast? Like, does he have a name? I'm going to look it up. Prince Adam sounds Prince Adam right. is He-Man's oh. uh, alter ego. Well, that sounds right to me. Yes. But I am not sure. So I will look it up real quick. And I liked that they really liked played up the French aristocracy of, of it all. And everyone is kind of like... You know, when even when they all come back, they all look super made up with, with makeup and you know he and the little like fake beauty mark dot and the very very pale uh you know chalky uh uh what's it called powder the the face powder of the french aristocracy at the same time they then go into um you know them just kind of dancing around i think we talked about this with where uh the end of the movie kind of wants to have it both ways where it's like they make it very clear this is French aristocracy, but then mm-hmm. at the end, everybody who's not the prince isn't is like part of the proletariat, the the French like you know the 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 general townspeople. So I'm like, well, who was at this party? Does he just throw parties and make all his um, 
servants dress up as if they're his friends or like what's the situation here? Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, I we were trying to focus on what we enjoyed, but yes. what I will Sorry. say, I think we both will need to remind each other of that is it's interesting because at the end too when all of the villagers come to kind of celebrate, they all, you know, the castle is back um to its former glory mr we find out mr potts for some reason wasn't in the castle when they were all changed and they reunite which i think is kind of a, an interesting twist but i don't know that we needed it i well i like the the idea that maybe mrs potts is like listen you're a woodcutter this is what you do it's in the thing i would like to have a separate a separate job in the castle so they have like very different you know maybe their finances are split they're a very progressive couple for for 1700s france (laughs) (laughs) like they're doing that sort of thing all right so there's a lot uh, here yes because i don't think i don't think he has a name in the animated version he's not referred to a name he's never called by name just master and beast but adam is what a lot of Disney sites and people uh, refer to him as. I'm on a website called Screen website called Screen Rant. Didn't mm-hmm. know that existed. I've heard of Screen Rant. Uh, and so it goes into a huge deep dive. So I'm not going to read it all because we're currently recording here. But um, apparently, there's a plaque in Walt Disney World's Port of Orleans Riverside Royal Rooms that states his name is Adam. So it goes deep that like. People refer to him as Adam, even though he's credited, I believe, as Beast mm-hmm. in the animated version. And I'm not sure that they ever say his name in this one. No, they either. don't. So, because I think I read somewhere that everyone, like Josh Gad, was like, no, his name's Vincent. Like, they were making up names yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll so, get into Josh Gad in a little bit. The next thing, what's the next thing that you like Well, about this? the other thing that we... Uh, made a note of is there is a little bit of a multicultural cast yes so that was something that we just always like to point out uh something else that you really enjoyed in the song uh i almost called it bonjour in the song <laughs> bonjour in the song bell bonjour uh you really appreciate it that when she went to the bookseller he wasn't a bookseller yes. it looked like it was a library within the church of the village and he was dusting and it was clear that not many uh villagers come in to borrow books yes it felt like a personal collection she was borrowing from and ryan has a real sticking point with that you can go back and listen to our (laughs) our animated episode if you're curious what uh yes what that is about we also liked that bell is the inventor so Mm -hmm. in the original it's maurice it's her father who is the inventor and he's going to I don't know that he says a market in the animated version, but it seems like he's going to present his invention to mm-hmm. a group of people. Whereas in this one, he is more a tinkerer and it looks like he makes music boxes and very like elaborate and intricate, very detailed it's, items. And he's selling them at a market. It's somewhere. a convention of all the fathers of odd uh precocious girls and villages across <laughs> europe like there's like the german version and it's, but it it's sounds, all the fairy tale dads getting together <laughs> it sounds like maybe he's going to a larger city to sell his mm-hmm. goods essentially so it's a little bit different in this one yes versus the original but we both enjoyed that 
not only is Belle headstrong, not only is she book smart, you know, she's the only, apparently the only woman in the town who can read. We find that out when she tries to teach a little girl to read and, well, this, and the schoolmaster says one is enough, which didn't love that line. But... Well, also like, what's your job, buddy? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's Apparently, like, he's just teaching little boys. Yeah, I guess. Oh, maybe. Uh, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking like he was just like, I don't like working, so uh, don't teach her because then I have to. Well, do my I guess job. a lot of people in the town are illiterate because uh, LeFou makes a point that in the song that he's illiterate. Uh, in the song Gaston, but we liked that she's an inventor, and you see that in a moment. You know, she wants to do the laundry, but she also wants to read, so she mm-hmm. figures out a way that the the horse or the mule can kind of move the the laundry around to do it for her. Yes, does does this thing in a barrel. So there's two things I wanted to kind of uh, point out here, two little facts. One, when she's talking to her father and he's working on the music boxes, um, there is a music box shaped like a carriage where there's two figures on top and they're dressed like, you know, the Beauty and the Beast in the ballroom scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I wanted to point out, I can't quite remember. Oh, you'll notice in this movie she... Uh, has boots instead of flats and that was apparently a uh decision from emma watson like she's like she, she's like if this is the kind of woman she is and this is what she does all the time the first thing she would lose is these flats yeah <laughs> she'd wear these strong boots that she could walk around and do all this stuff in um i'm a big fan of emma watson as, as, as particularly as a, a activist and an advocate of of women Mm-hmm. And I think she did. She had some interesting choices on this. She also, I read, she refused. She didn't want to wear a corset. That, that was some. She's like, I don't want a corset. Yeah. Like I'm not going to do that. And I well, thought that was good kind for of her. yeah. Uh, I that sounded rude, but I, truly good. For her. <laughs> no, you. That was an uh, earnest good for her. So I will say, looking at my notes, <laughs> that's about it. Oh no! Come, okay. <laughs> No, there, uh, maybe so, in your notes, but we talked about other things we liked because we did like, I liked uh, LeFou and Gaston. Yes, yes. So we did, I will say from my notes, I didn't have anything else that I jotted down while we were watching it, but we did like the relationship between LeFou and Gaston. You had mentioned that there's potentially, um, is it a rumor? Is it a confirmation that there would be well, a, a spinoff that's the two of them and their was, adventures, like a prequel? Yeah, them in the war they talk about, because that's yeah. a change in this, is their war heroes. Yes, and Gaston is referred to as Captain by yes. Maurice in the movie as Maurice well. is another thing I really like Kevin I loved Klein's Kevin Klein's performance, yes. So um, I do feel like that he was giving about 80%. But the same with Emma Thompson, but like an 80% Emma Thompson or Kevin Klein performance is still something I really like to see. Yeah, I really enjoyed Kevin Klein's performance quite a bit. I thought yes. he was one of the best ones out of everyone. Um, going back to Gaston LeFou, they, uh, th- there were a few things. Remember I was talking about the only white uh, actor in Aladdin was going to get a spinoff of his, that's that the, the prince. Oh yeah. Who she, who's like very weird. Mm-hmm. Everyone, that one was very much everyone went, no, yeah. we don't want anything with him. I think with this one, everyone kind of went, okay. I think it was met with the same, uh, you know, enthusiasm that people had coming out of this movie. Uh, okay. If you want to do that, yeah. I, I will tell you, um, when I first watched this, I was really resistant to liking Gaston because at that point I was a very big Gaston stand. Not nearly as, not, not uh, less so now. And so when I watched this, that was one of the few things that to me got better on a second viewing for me was their mm-hmm. relationship and their kind of tete-a-tete and back and forth and all yeah. that. Um, little fact about Luke Evans as Gaston. Apparently in real life, he had to wear some 
in, in this movie, he had in this role, he had to wear fake teeth to make his canines look smaller because he looks like a vampire. They thought he would look like a vampire. He's got very large canines. Yeah. And he has played Dracula, so that's part well, of it. Well, there you go. But I liked their thing. I liked the Gaston song, except for the last little bit. I liked the additions and the dancing. It, the staging of that song I liked. I thought the staging of Belle was very cool. When yes. they When they zoom out and you're seeing all the villagers going every which way. The other thing that we liked in this one a little bit more too, I will say, is Belle actually like looks people in the eye and says bonjour and says hello. Yeah. Whereas we felt in the animated one... She didn't talk to them. They didn't talk to her. Like, it was very much two-sided. No one was trying to reach out. Where in this one, it does seem more that the villagers are against her. And she is genuinely trying. Except, obviously, when it comes to Gaston. When it comes to Gaston, she's trying to let him down easy before she's very much... And he pushes her to a point of her just being like, no, this isn't happening. That was an interesting thing to me in the beginning with the way he confronts her didn't seem like he grows into a villain a little bit. Yes. I feel like in the animated version, he pushes his way into her. Yeah. He's very, well, home. he's more cartoonish. Ha ha ha. Yes. But he yeah. is also just like, it's it, like you, it's a while before you get to the Gaston looking himself in the mirror. But he, when he first, he's like, uh, hello, Bill. He seems very like, he's like, do you like that book? And she's like, have you read it? And he's like, well, no, but like he but just, books. at first he just kind of seems like a, he doesn't know how to talk to her. Like a, like a, like a himbo, a word we learned in uh, Empire, Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of a big, dumb galoot. But then eventually he definitely turns into a villain. But speaking of arcs, it's also interesting to see as him and LeFou like go separate ways and LeFou starts yes. realizing he's a bad I, guy. I like that LeFou tries to talk some sense into him. There's a part that's very different from the animated version where uh, after Maurice leaves the castle, Belle switches places with uh, her father. He comes back to the the village and is telling them everything that happens no one believes them and then gaston stands up for him and mm-hmm. says i believe you let's go find this beast he doesn't really believe him but he's trying to get on his good side because he wants to marry his daughter right and so they're searching for hours and then eventually gaston ties him to a tree and just leaves him for the wolves like yes. very much very bluntly says that and this is the point where lefou starts to second guess just backing Gaston, you know, no mm-hmm. matter what, and tries to get him to not do that. They leave. Another change in the story is the Enchantress is kind of throughout. The Enchantress shows yeah. up, which Ryan doesn't care for. It doesn't really bother me, but the Enchantress shows up in the beginning. We get to see more of that story well, than you we don't do know in the animated. Well, the, yeah, sorry. At the beginning, you know that's the Enchantress, but yes. when you see her throughout the village, it's just Agatha. The local spinster. The local spinster, yeah. So you don't really know too much about her, the, but she's the one who saves Belle's father. The local spinster who looks maybe 10 years older than Belle. I will say Belle, I think she's very young when this movie comes out. She doesn't, like, it was a little creepy to me, her and Gaston. And you we're said ge- that they're 11 years apart. They're 11 the years apart. Are 11 but years I think apart. also she looks younger and he looks older. Yeah. So I think the perceived age is even further mm-hmm. we're going back to things we like so well so what i was going yes. to say is the enchantress i like the change in the story that maurice comes back to the village and 
he has got everyone on his side. They're in the tavern. Gaston gets back after him, after leaving him in the woods. And all the villagers are like, Gaston, is this true? Did you leave him to die? Like, they're on Maurice's side. For a And it shows you how effective Gaston is as a villain here because he turns them all against Maurice very quickly. And then the mob song later on is Mm -hmm. another really big example of that. Um... Uh, what else do I like? I liked the little bit where they're kind of, I don't exactly see the point of it. It could have been easily cut still, but I do like them going to Paris. He has, the beast has an enchanted book that can take him places, but he doesn't go because Because he's he's a beast. beast. Yeah. And he takes her to Paris, which is where her mother, her father had to abandon her mother because of the plague. plague. Well, and he says that that was the cruelest trick of all by the Enchantress because he has, you know, this book at his fingertips where he could travel anywhere, but he really can't go anywhere. So it's a constant Mm -hmm. reminder. Um, I liked that part. I think to switch over to the things we didn't care for, there was a lot of extra songs that I don't think needed to be there. Some of them were full songs, like the Beast has a full song. Some of them were like, let's sing a six verse. lines. Yeah, a verse or of, of, of a song that happens in when they go to Paris. Yes. The dialogue could stay. You could cut her singing. We don't need it. Mm-hmm. And it happens a couple other times in the beginning when they're dancing uh, the wardrobe. She has a song when she is a human. Yes. Uh, and yes, they're dancing to it, but it's another one that it's not a full song, so it kind of feels weird. And yeah. there's a couple moments of that throughout. I have it in my notes, but there are a couple other moments like that. And the one bone to pick I have is either use the music from the musical or don't. But don't give me an instrumental version of Home, which is fantastic. Go, go look it up on Spotify. The musical is I love the music from the musical. Yeah, so Holmes a song from the musical, yes. and they do uh, like instrumental cues from it, and a then almost spots. like a reprise. Yeah, yes. uh, don't ge- don't tease me with the instrumental, and then not give me that song. I don't want to be reminded of a better song than the ones I'm hearing. And I will say too, I talked about this on the animated episode. I'm obsessed with if I can't love her. I'm very so so obsessed and like emotionally connected to that song. Um, for a variety of reasons, but I love that song in the musical. And if, mm-hmm. again, if you're going to give the beast a song to me, why not try to work that in or come up with something as emotional? And I don't think they did that here. And like you said, his song is kind of in a weird place because he lets her leave. It's the part it, of the story where yeah. she sees in the mirror that her father's in trouble. He says, go to him. He lets her leave, and then as she's running through the woods, he has this ballad that just doesn't feel Kills natural. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, At that point, I felt like we needed to get back to Maurice. I liked that, like on its own. If 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 what is it? If I if I love her, if I can't love her, have you listened to it? I've seen that musical, but I just don't remember. Like I don't key into that. So I remember seeing the musical. I thought I saw the musical. Anyway, um. I'll I'll listen to it after this for you. It's, but I'm going to probably listen to the whole soundtrack on Spotify. <laughs> but like on its own, I liked the Beast. Like of the new songs, I liked yes, the Beast songs the best. That was probably my most, the, the one I enjoyed the most out of all of them. Also because it was a full song. Yes. So I think that's part of my issue with the new musical editions is they weren't. 
they didn't feel fully, I don't know, fully fleshed out. I don't know if that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They didn't fully developed, I guess yeah, is a better and, way to say it. And it's it. weird to me because Disney owns the rights to those songs. Like, it's Disney's... And again, if you want to do new music, I have nothing against that. But I don't do. No tease new music. Me, but don't tease me with something <laughs> yeah. from the musical. And then that gets my brain connected to that. And then, yeah. The other thing we should mention is... Emma Watson did a great job. Well, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are are we done with things we liked? Let's let's go ahead and finish. Are we done with things we liked? Yeah, I mean, I already started on the music. So. I just want to make sure we there's nothing else we want to talk about like because now it's time to go Pete's Dragon on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's start with Emma Watson singing. So Emma Watson singing, I think it is most noticeable in the opening song in Belle because that is all her. Yes. It is heavily, like, digitally, like, digital auto-tune, I guess, is mm-hmm. what you call it. I, I don't know, but it has been digitally altered yes. in some way. I think she's poorly cast here. I think they went, someone went, Belle's a bookworm. You know who else is a bookworm? Hermione from Harry Potter. Let's get her in here. Like, I don't think she's well cast. I don't think she acts super well. She's fine. Yeah. But, like... I thought she like, was fine in the part, but she it wasn't. I didn't come away. Aladdin was super well cast. Yeah. Like Cinderella was extremely well cast, and then Belle Cinderella was just. Cinderella was also the movie was beautiful. Yes, the we, movie was breathtakingly beautiful. We talked about that specifically when they show Belle's um, dress for Beauty and the Beast, the big, the big, the ballroom, ballroom dress, scene. the yellow dress, and it was a fine dress. It was a fine dress, but like. Put some, like, you can tell the difference between someone who, like, they sat down and they went, the dress is what's important. And here they went, okay, we need a gold dress that looks like this. Done. Okay, I next scene. I mean, I scene. think thought was put into the dress, but I agree. I Not agree with to the you. level of the Cinderella dress. Oh, the Cinderella dress was magical. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just, I feel that way about her. I feel that way. I, we need to talk about the Beast and his makeup a little bit because you yes. know him as an actor and as someone who's very expressive. Yes, he's got in in Legion he does like you know uh, some spoilers for Legion, he's the main character but there's also a good chunk of that show where he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um in in later seasons and he you have to watch him because the whole thing is he's like a a mutant with enormously power big powers but he's mentally unstable. So you have to express that like you have to like look at him and be charmed by him and afraid of him and i think dan stevens has this very expressive interesting like something's going on just below the surface face will you look is that at his name dan, dan stevens. stevens okay now you've got me second guessing it let me double check but just to finish my thought i'm so sorry i just i don't know why that doesn't sound right but it could be right and i just my brain yes, is dan thinking, stevens okay i apologize you're, you're thinking luke evans who is the who has a very similar sounding name let's get on yes um but he has Dan Stevens has such exp- you know he you're meant to think that something you know you're a little afraid of him but you're also charmed by him and there's all this stuff in his face. The Beast is so plain looking CGI, just doesn't do anything. And you know people made fun of Will Smith's uh, uh you know thick genie, but like this I mean at least like it went oh there's Will Smith putting on a performance, whereas this thing I like. 
what I what I read somewhere was that he was originally they were going to do him with makeup the whole time, mm-hmm. and then after they filmed it, they decided no, let's do the whole thing the face CGI. So they didn't have everything mapped out. They didn't map it out like to do a good motion capture performance. It's basically you know it's they had to just paint over it, and it shows. I think his eyes kind of you know merge into the rest of his face it's just a bad design and i don't like it and there's a lot of bad designs in this where the the detail is so muddled you can't tell what you're looking at in all the inanimate objects like the yes. best design inanimate object is a plumette the in my opinion is plumette the feather duster but that's cuz she's got such an original looking shape well she's original and she also doesn't have all the ornate Yes. I think some of the ornate, which is really like Cogsworth, when you get up close, is really beautiful because it's so ornate, but you almost lose his facial features when in you, that. Well, you lose it when you zoom out and it's yeah. like, I don't and know what I'm looking at. that's the same with Lumiere. The Definitely same thing. Lumiere. Now, I liked, for some reason, I really liked Cogsworth's like motion performance. I think because he looked more like an object that like... So Mrs. Potts is just a teapot. So she just looks like someone took okay. a teapot and went, we'll get to that in a sec. But she looks like someone just took a teapot and went boop, 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 and just did that, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. And then Lumiere is just a person. I don't know what Lumiere is compar- c- complaining about. Oh, I'm a candlestick. You're exactly a person. You just happen to have flames on your hands. That's it. <laughs> and then, like, oh, another really de- really decorated one is the wardrobe because her face is a bunch of curtains and the way it moves is kind of cool. I do like her, her design yeah. as the wardrobe. And I like the harpsichord. I like the idea that his teeth are like, he's got bad teeth in real life. Well, and little, I didn't little even put that together the end. Little Stan, little touch of the tooch. Yeah. The tooch is loose. Oh, my goodness. Um, But uh, Cogsworth, like, simultaneously looks like a thing, but also, like, waddles in a way that's very charming to me yeah i liked well, Ian he, McKellen's... he does that in the animated version too the but, kind of way he waddles yes but he's a little more mobile because he's he's fluidly yes, animated yeah. this is a little stiff but yeah. still it's it's between the mrs potts just a teapot and mm-hmm. lumiere as a person who happens yeah. to be holding candles i like movie. i liked the coat rack i liked that addition you know the coat, the coat rack... racks in the originally just doesn't have a big part yeah i feel like he's got a bigger part in this one they just I use him for that. the like Popeye, like, like yeah, some. but he's one of you know he's one of the first things that when Maurice walks into the castle, he's a little unsure. He thinks he yes. sees something, but he didn't. Um, and there's some other moments with the coat rack. But one thing that drove me absolutely bonkers once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> is the weird little dangly earring for lack of a I don't know what else it would be. It's a charm it's when a it's charm on her, but how on many... the bottom of the spot spout of the teapot. And I'm curious if there's some tradition. Of a charm on teapots that maybe I don't know about. Um, so listeners, if you know, if you know the history of teapots. 707-YO-TRPD-1. That T this time stands for teapot. Yeah, give us a call because it drove me nuts. I couldn't yeah. stop looking at it. It was super distracting and I wish it wasn't there. Um, one thing we definitely need to talk about is the issue of gay representation in this movie. And yes. because one of the issues I I had and I read a lot online was Disney uh, LeFou is the first canonically and and out gay you know main character in a Disney movie suppose uh, apparently in 2017 awesome uh, but Disney went to great lengths to pat themselves on the back for this representation they had on it um, and to be honest you don't really. 
He is fawning over Gaston. There is moments there where he does look at him dreamy like the girls look at him. I will Mm -hmm. say that. Like the women look at him in the town. But there's no concrete he is or he isn't until the very end. Can we, before we talk about that, I want to talk about that. Because that's a a drum I've been beating for a while that I think's doing a lot better um, than it was initially. Uh... Any representation is is good. Is a yes, step forward, yeah, first I, and foremost. Yes, agreed. Not, not any representation, but good representation, no you matter how small. Somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Yes. Because I don't want to say any representation is good, and then we deal with like yeah. the fact that it was only villains for a long time in these yeah. movies. Um, but the fact that Gaston, that LeFou is kind of fawning over Gaston, um, feels a little bit like, I mean, it's. It, there's a lot of times, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that there hasn't been gay representation in, you know, genre media and stuff for a long time. That anytime there's two male characters who seem to have any affection for each other, gay. Yeah, and I, I what I'm saying is I didn't necessarily pick up on right, that. Right, but they didn't do it heavy-handed. Yes, and that's my thing is, like, our first step we need to do is to get more gay uh uh, romantic relationships into movies so that if two characters are talking are fawning over each other yes they could be gay yes but at the same time i want to get to that place to where it's like we the I, the reason i think people do stuff like they see bucky and cap being best friends and going oh they're dating or whatever is because where else are in most cases are queer audience members going to look to see a relationship they're into right because there's not a one actually happening on screen. Mm-hmm. So that's why they gravitate, I think, or did for a while to relationships like that Cap and Bucky and just well, say... Well, I also don't want to put words in... I, this is what I've read. I'm okay. not I'm not right. pulling this out of nowhere. Okay. This is okay. where I've seen. Okay. And to me, like, you know, I don't want to sound super heteronormative and be like, Cap and Bucky aren't sure. Maybe they are. But I also want to see stories where LeFou's like, I genuinely care about you, Gaston. And maybe I am gay, maybe I'm not, but I'm not necessarily, you know, that's not a relationship. Because I think it's very simple for heterosexual male writers to go, oh, well, if a guy is liking this guy, he must be gay. Like, I think that's very caveman thought of of them doing that. And that's what it feels like in this is like. So what you're saying is you would like to see more. I don't want to use the term bromance, but you would like to see more strong platonic love, platonic love as platonic well as same sex love yeah, and also so romantic love. Yeah, I want to see have examples of both. Yes. I want yes. to see all types so that there's not, it's not this binary of like dudes are either friends and don't ever have, don't show emotion or yeah. if they show emotion, they must, it must be all the way where they are romantically inclined Got for it. each other. And that's what I think some of the issue is here is because LeFou, they're like, here's our representation. It's this one guy. He has to be like everything and they have to like make everything be, you know, a romantic relationship because this is their one shot of doing it right now. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like in this, well, at the end it. of at the end of this, there's two gay men in the uh, um, village, so naturally they are going to end up together. Whereas what it should be is there's a plethora of all sorts of people in here, and some of them end up together, and some of them don't. The other issue that I had with the ending is they get together by their dancing, 
with yes. women. And then all of a sudden they turn around and it's the two of them. It's a LeFou. And I don't know, does that other gentleman I, have a character name? I don't think so. He's like, one of the three that come to get Maurice, but I don't know that they have yes. names. Um, that he looks like, like he's like, I've been in two movies. It's Beauty and the Beast and Les Mis. Like he looks like such a Les Mis background player to me. <laughs> but, um, that, that and they get together and they dance. But what really bothered me was the minute you zoom out, they're nowhere to be found yes. on the dance floor. And that's because Disney can then cut that scene when they release it in countries that yes. don't want that scene to exist. And that infuriated me because I'm like, if you're going to do it, then do it. Yeah. I, I you know, if you want to take your, if you want to put your toes in the water and you don't want to go full out. At least have them dance in the scene with the ensemble to where we can see it. So this is, you know, and then later Disney made a big deal about putting a gay character into Star Wars Rise of the And it was a very similar thing where it it was was like it happened and it was done. And again... It was a same-sex kiss that they could very easily edit out of the picture. Yeah, and again, every step is a step towards more. You know, it's a small step towards more representation or, or better representation, but at the same time... Disney doesn't get to... This isn't a win for Disney. Exactly, yeah. And I feel like... It's, it's a win for... for I, I think maybe the queer community. This is I think it would be a win for them. But Disney doesn't get to like be like, look at us, we did this. It's like, you did the yeah, bare minimum. Yeah, well, and also because they, they manufactured it in a way that it can be taken out. Yes. And that's the issue I have. Yes. Is... They manufactured it in a way so they can still make their millions of dollars in lots of other places that don't want that to be seen. And this movie made, it was like the number one musical, I think it may still be the number one remake. Like, Oh, there's, wow. There's a lot of things. Let me look up those facts while you come up with anything else. I feel like for us when it's like, and not all the things we didn't like, everything we didn't mention in the beginning because... <laughs> There's just so much. Well, I can go through my notes as you're looking up, but I think we've covered... Oh, we didn't really talk about Be Our Guest, so we should probably talk about that. Be Our Guest was Did supposedly... you want to look up... I, I don't know where it is. It'll just, okay. You'll just have to believe... So, it could be a BS fact I'm giving, but... So Be Our Guest, for me, f- fell a little flat. It was fine, but I love the animated scene, and I love the musical version. So yes. for me, this is the third for me. This comes in third place. Yes. Emma Watson said this was like her, she was very bored filming the scene, which I think, I feel like I caught a couple shots of her looking bored. Now, do you think you would have caught that if you didn't read that? I don't think I would have been focused on her. Yeah. But she, I mean, she, I, this is also second viewing, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another thing I, we talked about the other day about how this Disney Plus almost ruins, like, the like this movie is so... Like, no, I don't know anybody who watches this movie and doesn't go, man, I wish I, wa- I saw the original. And now you see it on Disney Plus. Why would anybody ever watch this one? Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I've entered in Beauty and the Beast in Disney Plus. The original's right there. Why would yeah. I ever watch this one? Well, and I, I would love listeners, if this is one that you really enjoy, I would love to hear, you know, what you connect with it. Because yes. I think the other piece of that is, too, is if you go and see it with your kids or... You know, we do have that memory of seeing it with your parents. So there might be some nostalgia for folks in that way to watch this one over the other one. And I'd right? like to say, if you would like to reach out and tell us, I promise this, we are a very, uh, you know, very cool 
the cool is not the word I'm looking for, but very safe, safe place in this Facebook group, I think, for you to come in and say you like this this movie. And, you know, I'm not going to agree with you, but I'm not going to, like, you know, nail you to the cross about it. I'm just going to be like, okay, what did you like? I didn't, but that's fine. So the other thing that I didn't care for uh, was at the end, we basically see the inanimate objects die. Oh, jeez, yeah, we need to talk about this. And, like, it really left me with this uncomfortable feeling. And I get what they were trying to do, but the last rose petal falls, Gaston and Beast have had their very intense encounter, and Gaston has killed oh, him. Oh, by the way, Gaston and this one falls to his death, but then the one addition I hated was Oh, yeah, thud. we heard him thud, <laughs> which thud. I didn't need that. No! Uh... But so it's after Gaston has fallen, Belle is, is holding him. She's tells Beast Holding that, the Beast, not holding Gaston. The beast, <laughs> tells Beast that she loves him. He passes away, like in her arms. He's oh, lifeless. Yeah. She's holding his head and his eyes, his his dead eyes are open and her head his head's kind <laughs> of flopping around. So he's lifeless, and as that's happening, they're then cutting to the different inanimate objects saying goodbye to one another. And not all of them get to say goodbye. Like Mrs. Potts turns before she sees Chip. She's wondering where Chip is. And then Chip comes afterwards, but she's already no longer human anymore in this object. And the life from all of them, you watch them all just go still. And and it's very much a and Mr. Cogsworth, Stark, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Yes, moment. and Cogsworth, Cogsworth is the one that yes. got me. I think that one in Mrs. Potts out of Because he all doesn't, of them. he's like, I can't. I, and he like I, twitches I, like I'm he's like, like the clock has stopped. And then, and then uh, Lumiere goes, oh no. Like again, Lumiere gets off light in this movie because he's like, oh no goodbye and like then he turns into a candlestick and like before they just looks like a dude so that moment for me i don't know if it affected people as deeply as it did me and you know maybe there's some things going on in my personal life that like made me more deeply affected no i'm just saying that you know we all come with baggage when we let's get you on craniacs and we'll talk psychology oh my gosh i'm just saying we all come with baggage when we come to watch something and different emotional connections and whatnot but it Mm. really got to me in a way that I was like, I don't know that I needed that scene. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that I needed that. And in general, it is two hours and 10 minutes. It is 45 minutes longer than the animated version. And I really don't think it needed to be any longer. These movies make you understand how tight Disney animated movies are and were. Like how, just like a, you know, like a real well, economy of storytelling. I think you need that time to tell the story, fine, but you didn't need that time Not to here. tell this, the story. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I am open to a longer movie if I feel that it, it needs to be that way for, you know, multiple reasons, but this didn't need that. Um... One last thing I want to talk about because we're drawing close to our time. Um, if if you get towards the end, you might notice that when everyone changes back, there's a lot of lines that uh, Ewan McGregor, as Lumiere does, off screen. Oh, that's right. And the reason why is apparently he recorded it. And then afterwards they went, your French accent is terrible. And as he put it, it sounded more Mexican I mean, than French. At least French. he owned up to the fact that it, it wasn't right. Well, it's also funny because he's married to a French woman. So yeah. <laughs> that was part of it. Um, we are almost out of time on, on this movie. Do we have anything else we, we have to say? I don't think so. I think 
we we did a good review of it. I think the second, I think uh, take two is much better than take yes. one. So take one is going in the vault. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I not the shelf or no, what is it? The drawer. <laughs> the drawer. No, I don't. Because I'm not going to listen to it, so it's going in. The okay, vault. exactly. Uh, but I think you know if you love Beauty and the Beast, give it a try. If you haven't watched it, give it a try. You know, I'd be curious what you think. Ryan doesn't agree with me. But, I wouldn't suggest it. But my feeling is, you know, give it a try. But I will say, I think you may come away still wanting to go see the animated version. Well, guys, we'll be back next week with uh, Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Uh, until then, remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about our little podcast. Uh, get a hold of us any of the ways uh, we we will tell you about in the in the outro here just in a little bit. But uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at trpdiaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh-huh.